We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2021 Arnold Palmer Invitational Bets, DraftKings Ownership, Weather, and of course, the live chat. If you are watching this after the fact, not live, like I am every single Wednesday, 12 p.m. Eastern Time on Mayo Media Network, a network which you should subscribe to right now. If you are not subscribed, thank you for doing that for me. What you can do is just dump your question into the comment section below the video, and I'm going to start answering them around 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Wednesday evening. That is the brief window that I get where I pause the challenge live so I can fast-forward through the commercials for like 20 minutes. So any question you have, dump it in there, and boom, we're good to go. You'll get your question answered on that end. All the stats that I used today provided by fantasynational.com. Go to fantasynational.com slash mayo. Get yourself that discount. Get all the stats, all of the tools, the ownership projections, the simulator, the lineup builder. It's all up there for you. So please go to fantasynational.com slash mayo and become a member today. Smash the like, comment, rate and review the podcast. Oh yeah, there's other shows throughout the course of the week. Two huge football shows with Feinberg and Cust Thursday and Friday up on the network and a ton of players championship coverage starting on the weekend all the way throughout the week. May We may even go live after the round for some showdown and some recaps up on the Pat Mayo experience and a cut sweat live. Maybe there's also an early look at the players championship betting odds that I did with Raza yesterday that is up on daily fantasy sports picks and bets the mix you can find that in the description of this video and podcast to go subscribe to that podcast feed also the one and done breakdown for api is up on that feed right now too all right let's get to the bets i have one open spot on my card right now 
And I'm trying to decide between Tyrrell Hatton at 17 to 1, Patrick Reed at 21 to 1, and maybe Jordan Spieth, who I just keep getting. I'm going to cross Spieth off. I used him on DraftKings. We'll get into that in a minute. I mean, if you watch yesterday's show, I talked myself into him. Uh, probably not going to put the outright bet on him. So Reed or Hatton, I kind of want to take a gamble on at the top. I haven't decided between them. I don't have room on my card for both of them, as I do after looking at when we get to the weather, that I want to have a live bullet or two on the weekend to fire at someone who's a potential chaser in this spot, because I do think that there's the ability to come back and win on a Sunday at Bay Hill. We've seen it so many times, uh, and it might not always be the most obvious name, so that's always good to know. So I don't want to just, you know, shoot my wad right now and have no money left for the weekend. But as it stands right now, Matthew Fitzpatrick, 25-1. to 1 is my first bet, Sam Burns, 45 to 1, because I'm not missing out on this one. Can't wait for both those guys. They're both going to be very, very popular this week, especially in the betting market and on DraftKings, too. That they're going to be like plus 15 after the turn on Thursday. It's going to be like, oh, great. Fun week already. We can log out and just go chill for the weekend. Justin Rose, 66 to 1 with the top eight each way. Cam Davis, 75 to 1 with a top eight each way. And the three bombs that I am taking, Norlander, 125 to 1. Matt Wallace, 125 to 1, and Seb, my guy, Straka. All the, you got a Swede, we got a Brit, we got an Austrian, he's 200 to 1, all played with the top eight each way for me at 150 odds for that top eight. Top 20s, Killa Keith Mitchell, plus 450. Aaron Wise, Raza's guy, talk me into him, plus 550. Cameron Percy, who I do like a lot this week, plus 650, and Seb Straka, plus 750 to finish inside the top 20 first-round leader bets for the week, all with a top five each way at one-fourth the odds of their outright price. Aaron Wise, 90. Mitchell and Patrick Rogers, 100. The Gim Reaper and Hollywood, Tom Hoagie, 110 to 1. Seb Straka and Cam Percy, 125 to 1. And just because, you know, he's won here twice, he was the first-round leader last year, Matt Every. 150 to 1. Why not? Let's burn some cash on him. In our small one and done, I went with Fitzpatrick, Jeff went with Hatton, and Cust went with Rory McElroy, who is the betting favorite in this tournament. Again, if you want the full breakdown of the one and done show, just check out Mayo Media Network. It went up on Tuesday evening or Daily Fantasy Sports Picks and Bets The Mix. Leave a rating and review. By the way, help out that show. Let's boost the numbers for that show. Tell a friend, all right, about all of the podcasts on Mayo Media Network. We may even have a new daily baseball show coming out pretty soon. If you give a shit about baseball, I don't. So, you know, I'll subscribe and download to it, but I don't need to listen to it. We might have some uh, good names lined up to do that, too, to try to help you print some cash for the daily grind of baseball. And we're going to try to make it like the mix where it's not so long that it takes up your entire day, kind of like my show, where you just put it on like eight hours later, it's still going. No, this is going to be to the point. Here are the plays. Here's the news. Here's the picks. And you can be on your way all over a morning coffee. So once that feed hits, I'm going to ask you guys to support that just like I do for everything else. And I would greatly appreciate it. The weather for the Arnold Palmer Invitational. A lot of people are getting wrapped up in what happened last year. And the weekend was an absolute travesty in terms of the weather. It made the course so hard. That is an irregular occurrence at Bay Hill. This is not a coastal course. And that's not to say that there's not going to be a lot of wind. But generally, there's pretty benign conditions at this event. And like we saw, minus four, the winning score with Hatton last year. And you can see guys push up to minus 19, minus 18. That can happen too. So when we look at it, Thursday, it looks completely fine. No distinct wave advantage on Thursday. It's a bit colder in the morning, I suppose. 55 uh, projected to be the temperature at 7 a.m., where it's going to be 72 starting at 1 p.m. So maybe, you know, if, if 
you know, it's probably better to play in the 72 rather than the 55 just to get loose. I can tell you, I went for a run this morning. Not great being in, well, Celsius-wise, minus three degree weather. Running in the cold, hard. Playing golf in the cold, also hard, because I've done that too. Friday, as there's going to be wind kind of picking up all day and then decreasing, but nothing better than... 12 miles per hour, so I'm not really going to sweat that. Now, the weekend, it does look like there's going to be a bit of action as of right now. Now, there's no way to plan for this because you need to get your guys through the cut line to begin with and you know just pick the guys that you like and you hope that they can hold up on the weekend but Saturday there's going to be there's projected to be rain gusts up to 28 in the afternoon that will affect the leaders so when I talk about saving some of those bullets in the betting market maybe it's not necessarily on a Sunday morning that you fire back on someone maybe it's someone on let's say a Saturday morning that might get decent conditions before the rain and wind start now there is the distinct possibility with rain in the forecast that the wind doesn't end up affecting these guys because they're not playing on Saturday and they just get pushed to Sunday. And once again on Sunday, it looks like to be a very, very gusty day at Bay Hill. The average mile per hour in terms of wind is going to be like 12, 14, 15. Not too detrimental, but it will blow a few holes into the water. But we're getting gusts up to 25, 20, 18, 20, and that's almost all day long. So... We could see some chaos on the weekend. I mean, my bets don't necessarily like that unless, you know, I win and, you know, I love it. But as a viewer of golf, you know, you have to enjoy some of these conditions sometimes because we're going to see so many events where the elements don't play a factor whatsoever. And just, golf is just more entertaining to watch when the balls are blowing absolutely everywhere. And you need to see guys go out there and grind. That's one of the things that I like about Fitzpatrick in this sense. And one of the reasons why I really kind of want to take one of Hatton or Reed. Full disclosure, DraftKings-wise, I just played all three of them. I have all three of them in, like, lineups together. Uh, and hopefully that ends up working out. But all three of those guys, I don't think it really matters for them whether the conditions are good or bad they're fine in regular conditions and they're not bad in windy conditions too and wind can be really subjective of how you try to analyze it because wind at one course isn't the same as it is at another course so if one guy goes out let's say the amex gets super dicey and winds go up to like 35 miles per hour well that's not the same as playing bay hill bay hill is way longer is that going to affect a certain style of player but you do want the guys that can kind of grind get themselves up and down make those nine foot putts on a semi consistent basis obviously putting by and by and large is just going to be highly variant but there are some guys who have been doing a much better job at that. Just even looking at Patrick Reed right now, his putting splits at the moment, I mean, there are no splits. He's just been tremendous on the green week after week after week. It's starting to remind me of the stretch that Spieth went through and the stretch that Jason Day went through when they were just nuclear with their putters. And every single week, it gave them a chance to win. And if they decided to drive the ball decently and hit their irons above average for that week, then all of a sudden, like, they're going to be inside the top three. So that's why my lean towards Patrick Reed continues to come in, where I don't think that these long courses really give him much fear. Uh, He's not the greatest driver of the ball, but he's also not short off the tee either. He's not Matthew Fitzpatrick off the tee. He's longer than him. He doesn't hit his long irons as well as Matthew Fitzpatrick does. But even if you crank up the elements, and he's going from right to left and having to get it up and down I have the utmost confidence that Patrick Reed is going to do that we've just seen it so many times and if he needs to start making some like 30 foot putts like there's a few of those that are going to drop for him this week because that's just how it goes with him he's in that zone 
right now. And maybe it all goes tits up and he loses eight strokes on the greens, but that would be a huge outlier from what we're seeing right now. So I'm starting to lean on Patrick Reed. I want to hear from you guys in the comments between Hatton and Reed, which one you think that I should bet this week. And again, it's odds dependent. I'm getting better odds on Patrick Reed than I am on Tyrrell Hatton. So 17 to one versus 21 to one. I mean, those four points at the top are different. I mean, it's one thing if one guy's 66 and one guy's 70, because the allocation of funds that you need to bet on those guys to make it all equal for yourself is a lot less than someone at the very top of the board. So I would like to hear from all of you on that in the chat those are some that i mean people get banned from the chat all the time because they don't ask questions this is one i am allowing if you want to make a decent case and try to sell me on that you were allowed to not ask a question in the live chat you can actually dump that in there this time around ownership projections on DraftKings this week. Highly consolidated at the top of the board. Much has been made this week about how this is an invitational. There's only 123 players. Ten of those guys are fucking god-awful, so... You know, they're probably not going to make the cut, so that makes the field even smaller. So a high percentage of the players are going to make the weekend versus a regular event. Because it's an invitational, over 54%, or actually over 53% are going to make it, but you take out those 10 guys, it's like 56%. So stars and scrubs are the way that people are playing this, at least per the ownership projections. It's going to be some combination of Hatton, Fitzpatrick, Hovland, Rory, and Burns as your top five guys. And they're probably all going to push right around 20% ownership. The other guys that I can see popping up, Sungjae, will be popular Molinari will be popular Casey Zalatoris also likely to be pretty popular from down the list in terms of mid-range guys and cheaper guys there's that entire range in the upper sevens that's going to be why hilariously overowned so and I like some of these guys too but like Kokrak Leishman Cam Davis Taylor Gooch Tringali, Lonto, and Charlie Hoffman are a lot of third and fourth players into a lot of people's lineup. Or if they're just going one up, one down, uh, maybe you can fit three of those guys into a lineup as well. So that range is going to be hilariously overowned. Then you have Norlander and List, both probably pushing double digits along with Chris Kirk and Matthew Neesmith in the upper $6,000 region. But he's the only $6,000 guy I currently have projected over 10% ownership at the moment. And I've been doing the last man in a few times. So I think it depends on how you want to construct your lineups. Um, I actually generated two separate sets of lineups this week. I played my, my, I played 22 lineups this week. And I think I did 14 where I had my entire player pool, and that went all the way down to Seb Straka and Cam Percy at $65 and $6,400. That made Stars and Scrubs really work for me this week, but in a more balanced lineup. When I say balanced, I don't mean like a bunch of guys in the eights and then sevens. Uh, You have like two guys in the nines, two guys in the upper sevens, two guys in the lower sevens. The lowest I went was Wyndham Clark and Henrik Norlander at $7,000 and $7,200. So they were my last men in for a more balanced build. I feel good about those guys like someone like matt wallace who i did use is 6900 i don't want to be playing him in like three max and you know single entries i just have he could shoot 84 in the first round or he could be in contention that's why he's an outright bet for me and i'm not super heavily leaning on him in the DraftKings side of things maybe i should and just you know if those lineups get burnt they get burnt but if i'm going to be entering like i'm going to go back and play the 200 again this week after taking the week off from it last week and playing the 100 but like i'm not going below my last man in i think is either clark or norlander for that one i can't remember now because you'd be surprised how little thought that i put into some of these things when that's probably the thing that I should be putting the thought into. But after you do all the shows all week, you're just like, eh, I'll just throw in that lineup. It sounds good. Dive into the hilarious minds of some of the world's funniest people on a brand new podcast, Comedy Gold Mines 
with Kevin Hart. From rising stars to comedy legends, Kevin will pair with comedic tastemakers for ear-opening dialogue that takes listeners on a wild and crazy ride through some of the world's top comedic minds. Listen as guests like Jerry Seinfeld, Bill Burr, and Hassan Minaj chronicle their comedy club experiences, give sneak peeks into their latest material, and share inside jokes with Kevin and more. New episodes of Comedy Gold Mines are now out. Subscribe on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, or wherever you download podcasts. Comedy Gold Mines. Let's get to the live chat. People got questions. I hopefully have answers for all of y'all. Garrett says, thoughts on Kevin? Nah. Nah, 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 nah. Nah, 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 nah. Na 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 na, Kevin no. keeps landing my lineups every time I construct one. Such a grinder, you know. I guess so. And playing well currently scares me because he's missed the cut here, though. I mean, guys miss the cut everywhere at places. I don't know what the fuck that means. He also has a top five finish at this course. Why? Why did you choose to focus on the missed cut and not that? That is very curious to me. I guess the one thing I would say is that the Irons have been pretty middling since he won at Sony. Like, he was 38th at Genesis. He gained on approach, gained around the greens last week. It was a lot like Louie. A lot of chipping, a lot of putting. He was in the negatives on approach, barely gained off the tee. And gaining off the tee is not something that he normally does. I don't hate Kevin Na. He did not make the player pool for me. So I am out on Kevin Na this week. Na to Kevin Na. John, Poulter a better DK player? Outright bet. I'd say neither, but probably a DK play. Is there any golfer that you are playing that wasn't on your radar from your first look video? I guess Cam Percy at 6,500. Straka at 6,400. Two guys that I ended up getting on as the week went along. What's that? Oh, yeah. I can't remember if I used Aaron Wise on DraftKings or not. I just I put him in the betting market. Just I don't want to be I don't want to be like Raza and just go down with the ship when it comes down to it uh, from that regard. So I can't I have I'll have to go look this up. Now I can't remember if I played him or not. No, I don't want that. I want this. Ugh. Trying to log on to DraftKings.com. There we go. Now it's popping up for me. Let's see. Lineups. Tell you how much Aaron Wise I used. I don't think it was any in the DraftKings market. But if I do play Showdown, I'll probably end up using him. He would be a nice, like, live-to-get-on bet guy if things start breaking his way a little bit. But let's see here. Wise. Nope, did not use Wise. So I ended up betting him in the top 20 market, first-round leader market. But I did not use him on DraftKings. Could this be Ricky's week? Hope not. Didn't use him. If you had to play someone in the 6K range, who is your favorite and why? Munoz is probably my favorite at $6,700. I just think he's the best player in that range. I know people like Neesmith. I think he's fine. Uh, He's just an ownership fade for me this week. But Percy and Straka, for their price points, if they open up the very top for you, if they are the difference between Jason Day and Matthew Fitzpatrick or Tyrrell Hatton, then I would say go that route uh, rather than do anything else. Spieth is someone that I ended up getting on later on in the week for DraftKings purposes. Um, going through it. Does Matt Every make his first cut of the year? Was he the only guy playing in years he won back-to-back? Ah, oh, man, you haven't been around long enough for the Matt Every days. Um, I, I hope he's first-round leader. That's about all the investment I have in Matt Every. Uh, other than that, I don't care. Pick one, Sam Burns or Molinari. Let's go with Burnsy. Pat, love the live chat. All the work you do. Thank you, Jeffrey. Last man in, smash the like. Like I said, Norlander or Wyndham Clark for last man in. If you're watching right now, please smash that like button. Okay. Also, become a member at fantasynational.com today. Fantasynational.com slash 
mayo. Do it. Any thoughts on Redmond this week? Yeah, I did that last time. Fucking sucked. Pass. Thoughts on your guy, Luke List. His record at Bay Hill is sneaky good, plus playing well. Couldn't get there with Luke List, just because I don't want him to hurt me. I am, he does have a good track record here. Played well at Torrey, which I identified as a corollary course. I have no qualms with playing Luke List this week. Uh, it's funny, because I actually like him at Honda and like him at the players a little bit better. I just tend to like him at shorter courses, but maybe his time is coming. He's like John Cena. His time is now. And maybe it is this week at Bay Hill for Luke List. I always have, just, just like see, woo! Kim, who has a horrible track record here, and Luke List. They're always in my heart, and I will probably be betting both of them next week at the players. Thoughts on Wyndham Clark this week? I like Wyndham Clark this week. One and done. Narrowed down to Hatton, Fitzpatrick, and Maladari. Choice. Smash the like button. I would go with Fitzpatrick of that group. Any love for Hollywood Hoagie uh, as a first-round leader? Sure. I do have some interest in him as first-round leader, because I bet him as first-round leader. Who would you choose between Cam Davis and Ricky Fowler? Cam Davis, not close. Any Masters future yet? Any love for Neiman at 45-1? to Uh, No Masters futures as of yet for me. Planet by ear. The only one I've really considered, because I don't know what his odds are. I'm going to go look those up right now and see what the markets are telling me. But I actually did have interest in Justin Rose to win the Masters. I feel like his time is running out for viability to actually win. And the second place in Saudi, maybe that's false hope. I want to see him have a good ball striking week this week at API like he normally does. And that would lead me to believe at least he's on the path to be able to get back to that point. And it feels like his odds are pretty depreciated at the moment. Justin Rose, he's 55 to 1 here. I'd want like a 70 to 1 on Justin Rose like I'm getting this week at API. Well, I got a 66, but if I can get like a 65, 70, 75, then I'll have some more interest in Justin Rose. Uh, But maybe he just goes out and wins this week and, you know, everything's fine because I have money on him and that'd be great news. But he is just one that I'm keeping my eye on as we progress. If he starts to play well, I think that his, like, he's just not going to be popular unless he starts winning events. But if you can see some underlying metrics that would identify that he's back to being Justin Rose, then I will probably end up being on him at the Masters. Thoughts on Cbez this week? Take a pass on that. Last man in, Chris Kirk or Matt Wallace? I kind of went through that. I gave you my last man in. Out of those two, I'd probably go with the safer route and go Chris Kirk. Thoughts on sub-10? Homa, sandwiched between Hylio Molinari, Zalatoris, and Burns. I do not hate that. I am not using him, but I see no reason not to use him. He just... I didn't really do much with the eights. I used a little bit of Harris English at, like... Actually, I can tell you the exact percentage of my lineups I use Harris English. I have him... 14% 14% of lineups just because no one is using him this week. Um, Homa probably has more upside. Uh, Homa is playing excellently at the moment. So, yeah, I have no qualms with playing Max Homa here. I think he's probably even a good play. Like, between him and Zalatoris, like, I like Will Easy. I think I would project Will, Will Zalatoris to be a better play this week, like, in terms of raw fantasy points. But, like, I'm wrong all the time. And if there's going to be a huge ownership gap between them, I don't think he's twice as likely to beat Max Homa. He's probably, like... I don't know, 53% to 47% to have more fantasy points. So in that situation, when one guy's ownership is like 18% and the other guy's like 9%, you go with the 9% guy. Just make your decision that way. So yeah, I couldn't get behind that. Number one favorite is Victor Hovland. I know I'm not alone, but I have to take him. Oh, that is fucking incredible insight. Thank you, Frank. Thoughts on Brendan Todd, first round leader? Uh, nah, pass. Is Fitz worth the chalk this week? Seems like it's almost too good to be true. Hope so, because I'm eating it. 
Bryson is actually the play. Matt Jones released an article. He made it actually free for everyone. So if you go follow Matt Jones of the Bogey Free podcast on Twitter and at Rotoviz, he released like the chalk percentage of high-end guys and their floor percentage. And basically, any time that you can get a guy above $10,000 that no one wants to use, you should probably just use that guy. And Bryson just does not project like anyone wants anything to do with him this week not to the point where he's like zero percent owned but i currently have bryson dechambeau coming in at like 12 13 14 percent um and that's significantly lower than the rest of the ten thousand dollar range reed would be the next lowest who i am using a lot of but um you know, bryson's played well here before it looked like he was he's starting to get it back now he's going to be wildly inconsistent but you can almost say the same thing about Rory. Like one day he's even, the next day he's minus eight. Rory tends not to have like the 78s on his card like Bryson can somehow do, but I hope Bryson seems like he'd be a pretty decent leverage play in this spot. For me though, I am going to use Matthew Fitzpatrick. The way that I'm going to get around the Matthew Fitzpatrick chalk, hopefully, is I'm not using Hovland, I'm not using Bryson, I'm not using Rory. Just by not using those three, because they're being paired with Fitz a lot, with Fitz as a second man in, that either by starting my teams with Fitz or trying to pair him with Reed or someone below that, then hopefully that the ownership won't make that much of a problem to me. But I like Fitz, I bet him to win, I want to use him, so I don't really care what his ownership is. A blank site has odds boost any American to win. Well, I don't know what that site is, and I don't think that people should play there. People should play on DraftKings Sportsbook. Any mention of anything else gets you banned for life. Yes, Paul? I mean, just look at the top of the board here. Not that we would ever say the F word, but um, look. Look at how many Americans are actually at the top of the board. I don't know if that's even that great of a bet. Bryson and Reed. Like, you know, Rory, Hovland... Hatton, Fitzpatrick, Sungjae, Hideki, and Jason Day, you lose. I don't know if I like that bet. Do you? Uh, I don't, and I don't like those bets ever anyway. But I think that, well, he is saying that the reason that it's boosted up to that point is because the narrative this week is that Europeans have won the last five years. The reasons that Europeans have won this event the past five years, because most of the best players in this field are fucking American are not American. They're all Europeans. Like the depth of European talent and international talent in this field versus the Americans is just wildly outweighed. I'd probably say it's at least at a two to one ratio. So I don't think that 175 is all that great of odds. Rory and Matsuyama or Hatton and Reed in single entry? Hatton and Reed. Burns or Willie Z on DK? Let's go with my guy, Sam Burns. Oh, this Frank guy just keeps telling me who he likes. Should he be banned for life? Because that's not a question, because I don't give a shit what you think, unless you're selling me on Hatton or selling me on Reed. And those two guys alone, and why I should bet one of them, then I don't care what you think. Hey, pipe down, Frank. Pipe down, Frank. Last last warning. If I see it, if I see later comments, Frank, you're banned. This guy wished me a happy birthday. I'm banning him for life. <laughs> yeah, he does it every week. It's not my birthday. It's not fuck, your birthday. Fuck off. Pick your two favorite. Reed, Casey, Homa, or Spieth? Reed and Spieth this week. Munoz and Connors or Wierinski and Davis? Munoz and Connors. Although I do like Davis the best of all those guys. Hovland and Neesmith or M and Tringali? Hmm. The only one of those four players I used was Tringali. But I think I like the combination of Hovland versus Neesmith. I like Hovland so much more than M, and the difference between Tringali and Neesmith isn't all that pronounced. So Hovland and Neesmith for me. Hovland has not finished better than 43rd. It is, is this a week to fade his high ownership? Hasn't he finished like second last week, didn't he? 
the fuck are you talking about? Are you talking about like maybe this? Maybe means has not this? finished worse than 43rd because like you go through his recent tournaments and they're all like top 10s. I'm going to say, when was the last time that he actually finished as low as 43rd? Dude, he's been in the top 10 for like the last like four or five weeks for sure. Yeah, I, I don't think that's a reason to... Uh, second, fifth, second, 31st, first, 15th, 47th at the Zozo. So I don't think that would be a reason. Not uh, sure. Maybe he's talking about at this tournament in particular. Oh. Okay, yeah. He's, well, he's young. Fin- he hasn't played here. Yeah, the, the kid's fucking 22 years old. He's finished 42nd and 40th in his career. Oh, I see. And it's been you know bad putting that has been the cause of him not playing well. He struck the shit out of the ball. Ball striking, very good both years. Uh, 4.1 strokes gained off the tee last year and three strokes gained on approach. That's over seven strokes ball striking. Like, sign me up for that. I'm fading him because I just hope that I'm taking the chance that he doesn't win and I know he's going to be super chalky and that someone like Reed beats him and then all of a sudden that I am winning and you are not winning. I don't think the fact that he hasn't like won here. I mean, why, why don't you just play Keith Mitchell? So you're saying that Keith Mitchell is a better play than Victor Hovland is what I'm gleaning from this question. Stupid question. I don't like it. Don't like it at all. Is 100% Cam Davis too much? Nah, you play 100% Cam Davis. How could that possibly go wrong? Any love for Kyle Stanley? Nah, pass. Went over that on, on Tuesday show with Ben. Fowler is a special player. All right, this guy's fucking gone. Well, in fairness to him, he, he hasn't. He had been putting stuff in. I had never seen that name before. What's Frank? Well, first time listeners live. I'm looking at the uh, most recent stuff. Right. So yeah, you ask questions. Okay, and then keep your comments later your on. Self. Later on, now I think he gets it. It's only questions. So. All right, so Frank, he's back in the good books. Yeah, and Fowler's don't, don't not, ban he, him yet. If Fowler is a special player, like he's especially not good, is that what you're trying to say? What order would you take Burns, Hideki, Day, and Spieth? Burns, Spieth, Day, Hideki. Which pair would you take, Burns and Day or Hideki and Spieth? Burns and Day. Other than strokes gained approach, what other stat is the key indicator for success at Bay Hill? Well, strokes gained approach is the key indicator at any course, so that's probably just one you should look at. Uh, you can read my column where I list my most stats that I'm targeting the most, or watch my Sunday show where I do a full research complete with custom model and even how I weight those stats. But approach, par threes uh, from 200 to 220 five yards this week where there are four of them and proximity from beyond 200 yards i'll approach base stats for me what do you look for when betting someone live do you want a long shot who is closer to the lead or one of the favorites who might be farther back um i'm just basically going on fantasy national looking at ball striking especially approach and see guys that have been just not putting whatsoever yet are still in contention um especially if they're like you're always going to get better value on guys that are lesser than like if it's if rory is four shots back and i don't know cam percy is four shots back cam percy is going to be like four times the odds of what rory is potentially even more and yes rory is more likely to win in that event than someone like cam percy but if the stats point to cam percy the odds are never really a direct court like the the odds the true odds for percy to come back and win are probably more reflected in his actual odds than someone like rory who's just always going to be overvalued no matter how far back that he is so even when he's 10 shots back it's like oh rory's like 25 to 1 like he should probably be 250 to 1 at that point but he's rory and you expect him to play well so people will still bet on him so a lot of the betting market is dictated by how much money you're actually willing to put on these guys and what's the threshold of that but i'm just looking at ball striking minus putting and see who has the highest number when it comes out of that growing up cereal was one of the best parts about being a kid but i had to give it up because 
being an adult and eating sugar-filled snacks is probably not the best move. It doesn't make me feel good, put it that way. So I've been cutting down on carbs and sugar and trying to cut down on the unhealthy foods. And basically I realized couldn't really eat anything anymore. So that wasn't great. But with the new year already into it, and you, know, you start your resolutions a little bit later than normal, we're all trying to eat better. But a healthy breakfast doesn't have to be boring. Magic Spoon has amazing flavors that you love. And with, get this, None of the bad stuff. Zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving, and only 140 calories per serving. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. Also, it's very good. Highly recommend some Magic Spoon. And we got some exciting news. Magic Spoon will be releasing two new amazing flavors this month for a limited time only. And we're talking about, get this, cookies and cream and maple waffle. Sounds terrific. And if that isn't the most comforting, indulgent combination, then I don't know what is. This is the ultimate treat yourself combo. So make sure to get some while you can for a limited time or just build your own box. Available flavors to build your very own custom bundle are coca, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, and cinnamon. If you're listening from Canada, Magic Spoon now ships there as well, along with the United States. And here's the move you want to do. I mean, you can do different things like mixing coca and peanut butter together because it tastes exactly like a peanut butter cup. But just get a whole bunch of the fruity stuff. The fruity Magic Spoon cereal is amazing. Highly recommend. When I first got it, I wish I had gotten eight boxes of it instead of just two because uh, I would have just plowed through that and eaten it for every meal. Could not recommend highly enough the fruity flavored Magic Spoon. So go to magicspoon.com slash mayo to grab the new limited edition cookies and cream maple waffle or a custom bundle of cereal to try today. And to be sure to use promo code mayo at checkout to save $5 off your order. This offer is good now anywhere in the U.S. or Canada, but only when you use our code MAYO at checkout. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember to get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash mayo and use the code mayo to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. Do you think that long irons are something that is better predicted with long-term stats or short-term stats? What are the best stats on Fantasy National to use to use model long irons. I'm just looking at proximity from 175 to 200, 200 plus. I'm looking at that in the short term. So if you just use the rolling report up there, you can get a complete grid across. And you just like to see, like if someone's stats were bad 100 rounds ago, but they've progressively gotten better over 75 rounds, 50 rounds, 20, 36 rounds, 24 rounds, 12 rounds, eight rounds, then it looks like those players are actually making improvements. If you have someone who's like a complete atrocity from 124 rounds to 100 rounds, but over the past 12, like all of a sudden they're great, that's probably noise, and that's probably an outlier. I mean, it could all be noise for all we know. Stats aren't predictive. They can just lead you down a path where you can make informed decisions about what certain guys are good at and what certain guys are not good at. But I would tend to, I'd want to see either consistent Consistency, like let's say someone was really bad in that middle stretch. So if you look at like past 50 or past 75, they're like 64th in the field. But over the past 100 rounds, they're like 
19th. And then in the past 24 rounds and 12 rounds, they're like 17th. Like, oh, okay. Maybe they just like, even look at someone like Morikawa. Like after the PGA Championship a year ago, Morikawa didn't really play all that well for like a six month stretch. Even at the Masters, like he wasn't very good. Then he comes out this year and it's like, oh, Morikawa's hitting his irons exactly how he did when he was at his peak last year. And at TOC, he did that. At Sony, he did that. At Genesis, he did that. He just couldn't putt. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the week that he has the good putting, you know that the irons are coming along. But if you had looked at his like, past 50 rounds, then he wouldn't be number one or number two in irons like he usually is. He would have been like 17th or 18th. And that wouldn't be a true reflection of how good he actually is. So I hope I've explained that okay. Gim Stanley or Neesmith? Gim Reaper. Come on now. Give your head a shake, Justin. Hey, Pat, random question. I was thinking about last week during Billy Ho and Morikawa group. Do people ever look at the rate of twosomes, slow, fast players, impacting each other? I don't think so, to tell you the truth. I think it's really hard because guys will play fast and slow depending on how they're playing at the same time, too. Like someone like Brant Snedeker is historically a very fast player. But Brant Snedeker these days isn't a fast player because he's taking so many goddamn shots. And he's looking in the woods for his ball half the time. So I just think that's... I, there's probably something to it. I just don't know if there is a decent and accurate way to break that down where it actually tells you something. That just seems like something that's very noisy and very narrative-based. Swafford or Keegan? Ah, just go with Keegan. Thoughts on Rose, Fowler, Spieth in a single entry? I mean... Play in the $200 single entry that has 422 people in it, please, with that lineup. Can you get Jeff help for his Ricky addiction? It appears to be slowly destroying his brain. I mean, it's his money. He can do what he wants with it. He wins enough. He wins enough that he can throw away money on Ricky Fowler. In fantasy, where you pick four guys, odds don't matter, rank Hatton, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Patrick Reed, Rory McIlroy, and Sam Burns. Imagine playing in a league like that. That sounds horrible. Get get better leagues and play on DraftKings and start betting. Get rid of this. Just stop playing in that way. That sounds horrible. Just why wouldn't you just take the top four guys in the betting odds every single week? Honestly. Um, but for the purpose of this, Rory. Why isn't Hovland one of these guys? I mean, and why is Sam Burns on the list? I love Sam Burns and everything this week, but like, why is he on the list with these guys? I just pick the first four guys you mentioned. Hatton, Fitzpatrick, Reed, and Rory. Like Sam Burns isn't in that. Stupid, stupid league. Reed, top two top fives at Euro BMW Championship. Yeah, thanks. Thank you for watching the show and repeating my own information back at me. Glorious stuff. Reed, everyone is hyping up Hatton and he will fail miserably. Okay. I bet Reed, Hatton, and Fitzy. Too many low on the board. It's not that it's too many low on the board. I think if those are your only three bets, you're probably fine, but those aren't my only three bets, so I don't want to tie up that much money. Don't ban me for no questions as I am a rookie. Ruby's dad, shout out on your congratulations on your 200K win, my man. And uh, th thanks, Mike, for telling you to tune into the Pat Mayo experience, getting you into the golf podcast world. Now, you can't be banned from this show. Ruby Sr., you got too much money these days. Thank you for tuning in. I'm second in my one and done with only API left in the first segment. Should I burn another stud, Rory or Bryson? Take a guy who you think is going to win, and if that person wins, you'll win. Okay? Done. John, uh, I played John. Thanks for the Morikawa call. I went with Hatton because this type of field he has dominated over the past 12 months. That is true. Any love for EVR? No. Matt Wallace. Why is this guy just saying names? In the last four or five contests, Reed's variance is much larger. 
Hatton finished 23rd or better in his last five contests. I would venture that Hatton ends up taking a top 10, so take Hatton. I am not concerned about top 10s. I'm concerned about someone who wins. And I know that, uh, I think Hatton's winning at like an 18% rate right now. It's just I'm, I'm, something about me really thinks that Patrick Reed is going to win this week. But I feel that way about Hatton too. Just something about Reed in this moment, especially because he's on the outside looking in at the Ryder Cup bubble, that he's going to have to play his way onto that team. That's going to take some wins in order to do it. Better play Chris Kirk top 10 or Neesmith top 10? Probably Kirk. You're the man. Thanks, Pops Barrington. I've tailed you on all three of Morikawa's wins. If you could only bet one person this week at the current odds, who is your favorite play? Fitzpatrick. Can Hovland keep it up, or is this the week to fade him? I would think that you would keep it up. How are you balancing your construction between Stars and Scrubs and balance? I basically played 14 Stars and Scrubs-ish lineups. That means using either one or two guys in the 6K level. And then when I ran the Fantasy National lineup generator again, I unstarred all of the periphery pieces. So, like, no Justin Rose in those lineups. No Harris English in those lineups. None of the 6K guys in those lineups. Like, I used Matt Jones in the Stars and Scrubs type build for, like, extra guys to have. And I think my player pool was 19 players for the 22 lineups. But then I generated another six with just like the solid guys that I wanted to use. So no players less than 7,000. And Wyndham Clark was really the only guy down there. So that's the way that I kind of balanced it out. Any love for Keegan Bradley, Pat? I mean, he's Paul's... Every day that I have walked in here, Paul has told me to bet Keegan Bradley. Here's the thing about Keegan Bradley. There's 123 people in the field. He's 121st in putting. We know how this can go bad. But it is my argument that you're a coward if you don't play him. Because it doesn't seem like anyone wants to play him. And all of the other numbers are just begging you to play him. And he has pretty good course history here, too. He he does. He makes the cut at this event every year. I mean, first-round leader would be the only sort of interest that I would have in him. Because the biggest difference... I think I have him in two of three lineups. His ball striking is off the charts right now. Like He's first... T to green and first ball striking over the last 50 rounds overall. I know on the, the stat sheet here, that's last the past 24, 24 rounds. Yes. But the biggest thing, I think, and maybe because Keegan can run hot like once every two years with the putter and gain like eight strokes. That's how we won that FedEx Cup event like a few years back. Gained nine strokes putting <laughs> um, at the, was it the BMW Championship? Deutsche Bank? One of those ones. Anyway. He has no short game. It's not just the putting that's a problem. It's that he also sucks around the green. So someone like Luke List, for example, and Luke List doesn't strike it as well as, like, ball striking-wise as well as Keegan Bradley, but he's not too far behind. That Luke List actually has touch around the greens. Like, he's pretty good from the bunker. Like, his around the green metrics are very good. Keegan is not good whatsoever. So not only do you couple the fact that he's a shitty putter, is that he also can't get the ball up and down to like two feet to ensure that he makes those putts for power. That's where things go sideways for him so often, is that he doesn't just make bogey, because even if he gets it up and down to 10 feet, he might three putt from there. And that's never a great thing. At least with List, like, you know, even if he two putts, it's usually from like five feet. He's not going to three putt from that range. So that's the one reason to I think showdown, first round leader, you're looking good with Keegan Bradley. I just don't have the stomach for him to be first round leader then miss the cut and really go full Keegan because we've seen it it's happened I'm prepared to lose all of my money this well, week listen if you're not prepared to lose all your money it's either GPPs, betting or yeah. DraftKings, then you're not doing it right exactly it's like anytime I try to play too safe like playing like Kevin Kisner at a course like this I mean it just feels or like Kevin Na or that type of thing it's just like it's just too safe whenever I play like 
balls to the wall. You know, sometimes it doesn't work out, but when it does, you're going to get a guy in the top 10 at that price that, you know, that nobody owns. Matt Jones, Matt Jones has had some very good recent success. That is absolutely true. But his stats don't necessarily line up with the course. What do you think of him here and why? I used a small bit of Matt Jones. The one thing that really does stick out to me, I mean, he's putting really well right now. Um, and that's been a pretty consistent thing. The only tournament where he's lost strokes putting was at the Waste Management. He lost 0. 0.4. Other than that, 6.5, 2, 2.1, 2.3, 6.4, 2.2, going back to last season and it's i mean the last time he missed a cut was at sanderson firms he's made every cut since and generally speaking he's going to be a very good driver of the ball and his irons last or at genesis were not great he still finished inside the top 10 because of the great putting week that he had and a lot of that was a disaster on the weekend and the fact that he still finished positive off the tee despite what happened to him on sunday is frankly quite shocking uh considering how many strokes he lost just on that one drive i think it was on number 12 the one where burns got lucky and didn't go ob but before that he had rattled off five consecutive events with good irons he's not gonna ball strike like the reason i like cameron percy is that he's a fantastic ball striker for sixty five hundred dollars he's basically what you get out of keegan bradley with less of the downside that comes with keegan bradley now he might not have the pinnacle upside of like Keegan could win this event like his ball striking is that good i'm not looking for percy to win i'm looking for percy to come like 14th or something like that but jones is putting off the charts good at the moment the iron play pretty consistent we know that he is a good putter like he finished third at this event in 2015 14th in 2014 47th last year uh that was in the win missed the cut in 2016 so it was nice to see him come back last year in those horrible conditions make the cut strive through i think one of his rounds was like completely terrible and they actually played i'm gonna go research just just effort effort this for me for one second here where's matt jones i feel like one yes matt jones was in it last year on sunday and shot 81 on sunday when you know that wasn't the worst. Was it the worst score of the day? No, it was not. Rob Oppenheim shot 83. Wyndham Clark shot. Wyndham Clark went 82-80 on the weekend. Like, the wind picks up. Wyndham Clark, probably not going to be so great. But Oppenheim, Wyndham Clark, Davis Love, and Matt Jones, and Stuart Sink all shot in the 80s. And there was a few other 79s out there making, like... Was it Matthew Fitzpatrick shot 69 on Sunday? It was just like such a huge outlier round. Like Damon shot 71. So those guys in that final round, if you just shot anywhere close to power, you massively moved up the leaderboard. So when we look at it, Matt Jones and his, he finished 47th. That's with an 81 on, so he finished nine over. That was nine over. So he started the day at even, at even par. So he was inside the top 10 to start the day and got himself out of it. Now, normally Matt Jones is actually a pretty good wind player, so things just kind of went off the rails for him. But I think if the conditions aren't as outrageous as they were last year, and it doesn't seem like they're going to be, even with that weekend win coming in, then I got no problems with him. So hit me up with some Matt Jones, 7400 bucks. Hey, Pat, how's the family? They're well. Hope they're well. They are well. Thank you, Andrew. Would you take Hovland Leishman or Sungjae Casey this week? Also, with the Sam Burns hype, what do you think of Max Homa as a pivot? Already did the Max Homa answer versus Sam Burns. I like the Hovland Leishman side of that. Kazire thoughts? Pass. I finished 21st, 62nd, and 84th in your tournament last week. I should finish first this week. Trending up. Good recent form, Devin. Good luck. If I'm not winning, I hope it's you. Actually, I don't. I hope it's like Paul, but you know, you're like third on the list or something like that. Better DK play. Tringali man or particle man aka ricky fowler tringali 
Any Killa Keith in your player pool? Yep, to quote Dave Hester. Anyone likes Mav McNeely long shot? I do not. Hey, Pat, new to Fantasy National. How many stats do you usually use in your custom stat model? Uh, Sean T., it depends on the week, depends on the course, and stuff changes throughout the week. But every Sunday, I do a show where I walk you through how I weight everything that's on Mayo Media Network. I would actually advise that you just go back. You can use the time codes to go jump to the part where I actually create the model, and you can just see the visualization of it up there. If, you actually, if you're actually concerned and want to know more about that, uh, it's on the feed right now. Just go back to Sunday's show and boom, click on it, click the time code. You can see how I'm using the scrollers. I've changed it up a little bit. I took out driving distance, and... I put in off the tee instead. Are you good at golf, Pat? Not anymore. Don't play. I played one round in the past three years, so not so great anymore. As a teen, I was quite good. And in my early 20s, I was quite good. Is Spieth more viable to play since most of the tee shots in the water are on the left and he tends to miss off the right more? I actually think his driving is getting better, and the stats actually bear that out the past two weeks. So if he can just keep himself out of the water, and he won't, probably won't do it all week, he give him two water balls throughout the course of the week. I'll take that because um, the rest of the game is going good right now. Why do you have a low-owned picks on DK? Who do you have as a low-owned picks on DK? I already went over my picks. You can check out my cheat sheet. You got questions for yourself? You ask me those questions, like this one. Joining late, thoughts on Leishman. He's fine. I'm not using him. Who are your first-round leaders that you would go with this week? I give those out at the beginning of the show. You can just rewind. Did you fade all the top guys in any of your all the top guys in any of your lineups? I have no Bryson, no Rory, and no Hovland this week. One and done. Fitz or Hovland? Fitz. Matt Jones outright to win a crazy bet. I don't think that he's going to win, so I'll say yes. But I bet on people who lose every week, so I'm not going to stop you. Smash the like button. Kevin is right. You should be smashing the like button. So please do that now. Also, subscribe to Mayo Media Network if you're watching at the moment throw me the sub all right thanks for one and done would you lean towards the top bryson reed and m or more course history day Malinari, etc i think i've used day in this tournament the past two years as my one and done and he's withdrawn both those years so that's always a fun time few people are going to use day Malinari is playing better than day at the moment so Molinari is probably the better play. I would lean towards Reed or Bryson out of those two. Bryson is going to be the lowest owned of the top end guys in the one and done. So I think that's a route you can go to. Paul, yes, you have a comment. If Disney World is closed, though, Jason Day can't won't be withdrawing. Paul, this is in Florida. You think Disney World's closed? Is it open? Yeah, someone tweeted. Someone sent me a DM the other day that they were at Disney World and saw Cam Smith there. Uh, I thought it was still closed. Come on. Florida, Paul. Florida. We live in Canada where everything is closed at all times for the rest of eternity. Not in Freedom America. That's That's not how it works. That's a good point. But maybe where he's an international, you know, maybe he doesn't want to go out in public like that. I don't even know if they still have the bubble. Remember when they were doing like the traveling bubble on the PGA Tour when COVID first ended? Yeah. Anyway. Picking one to make the cut. Hatton or Fitzy? Who's the safest? Weirdly, it's probably Hatton. Hatton's a better player. Uh, any ideas other than Sung Kang at $6,400 and below? I'm, the only one I'm playing is Straka. Grundy, Lowry, Gooch, Connors, pick two. Well, I don't think Grundy... Oh, that's the guy's last name. Sorry. I was like, I don't know who the fuck Grundy is. Lowry, Gooch, Connors, pick two. Let's go with the Gooch and Connors. What 
What do you drink while you watch all your good lineups have one guy miss the cut on Fridays? Not drinking at the moment. I don't drink a ton to begin with, but probably wine if I had to. I just don't drink that early in the day. If I'm going to drink it, I'm not a big day drinker. It makes me very tired and then it screws up my sleep schedule. So it needs to at least be dark out if I'm going to drink. And that includes like four o'clock in the morning. So I get a head start on the day getting some booze into me, but I've just been drinking a ton of wine. And frankly, in March, I don't necessarily think I'm going to do a dry March, but I don't know. I haven't been drinking at all lately. It's not, uh, it's not fun. It's not fun when you can't go out and have some beers with friends, put it that way. And you're just sitting at home, me and my wife are looking at each other like, we really going to finish this bottle? And the answer is always yes. Uh, so we're trying to get away from that. When is your next EDM track dropping? DJ Pat Mayo, wiki wiki, is coming at you live Friday nights, 1 a.m. Get some MDMA in you to keep you up and vibe with DJ Pat Mayo people don't know what i'm talking about check out my twitter feed or my instagram feed at the pme any kazire love this week who's this fucking Tatten kazire's brother no thoughts on starting with im and fitz don't hate it in on or connor's connor's hey pat any interest on leishman worst finish here last three years is t23 i don't follow golf um no i mean he's he's fine uh, i'm not betting him or playing him this week but just not for me this week. And I bet I think I've bet him each of the past four weeks to so watch him win now. Uh, question: Why do you like Cam Percy? I think I already answered that. If conditions are easy, would you say that Fitzpatrick has less of a chance to win? I don't actually. I think that he's fine for this course. He plays well at almost like Patrick Reed. All the courses that you would expect someone like Matthew Fitzpatrick to play really well at, like tree park, parkland, tree line, fairways, short courses, that kind of thing, he doesn't tend to play well at those courses he tends to play well at like the Torrey Pines the Bay Hills Augusta's Uh, he played well at Riviera he played well at Mirfield Village like longer he hits his long irons really really well and that's not the impression that we have of him in our mind and even when you go look at some of his wins like when he wins over in the Middle East like those aren't short courses so I think his long irons are good enough to sustain themselves and give him a shot to win like he was t9 here two years ago when it played super easy and then he was t2 here last year when it played easy for two days and then played really hard so i think that he's sort of the best of both worlds him reed and hatton i really think that you get and spieth weirdly enough that if the conditions start to suck that kind of mitigates how bad he is off the tee because everyone's going to start being bad off the tee and it's all down to like long irons chipping and putting which he might be the best player in the field at so that's you know sort of the love if it gets bad why certain guys can play better than others but if it doesn't get bad then you know they probably have less of a chance but not a zero chance. Sabatini, top 20 play. I I didn't even look at Sabatini. I really should because it feels... I actually have no idea how well well or not he's been playing. It's just for whatever reason, I notice when he's top 20 because I always think about him at any course that plays hard because he does play well at really hard courses. Let's see. Miscut, miscut, 10th, 12th, miscut, 40th, 12th. Like... If he doesn't miss the cut, he tends to come inside the top 20. So it's either an MC or a top 20. So I don't hate that. Who has Tim cursed this week to we need to avoid at all costs? Tim's one and done pick this week is, if you had watched the show, you would know it's Rory McIlroy. Frank says, love Canadians, by the way. You have a good attitude like us from New Jersey, baby. I mean, I've lived in two places in America. And one was New Jersey. I loved living in New Jersey. It was great. The the tri-state region just reminds me of a saltier version of Canada, which basically means it's like Toronto, where everyone's real salty all the time. Unlike what you get with the rest of Canada. So I fit right in there. It was great. 
Doc Redman has been horrid, but the ball striking that fits Bayfield. Can he bounce back? Of course he can bounce back. I am just not betting on him to bounce back. I want to see it first. I just, I'll miss the boat on Doc Redman. Hatton or Hovland? Hatton. Any interest in Adam Long? I did. It's just... After he screwed me so, so badly at the American Express, I have not forgiven him as of yet. And he made the cut, too. Just a real bad weekend. Is Cust playing a character, or is it all genuine? Paul, do you want to answer that one? At the end of every single show that we do every single week, and we've been doing him for years now. I mean, I've been doing it, what, we're approaching four years. Yeah. And at the end of every, like, when we close a Zoom meeting... He always goes, leave meeting, as he clicks the button to leave the meeting. And it's like, this is after recording is done, after we've said goodbye to him. No, he's an old man trapped in like a 33-year-old's body. It's real. And he's not even 30. Is he 33 yet or is he 32? Every episode, forever, (laughs) every single one, never misses. Just joined. Who's your one and done this week and why? Well, you can just fucking rewind back to the beginning, pal. Get it together, Dane. It's not how this works. You got a question about one guy or one guy for your one and done? That I can answer. If it's something I've already answered, you can rewind or you can just watch the one and done show. The quick hits that I did up on Mayo Media Network and daily fantasy sports picks and bets. The mix. You can sub to that in the description of this video and podcast right now. And you can get... An early look at the Players' Championship betting odds, plus the one-and-done breakdown for the Arnold Palmer Invitational up there right now. Really struggling on whether or not to play Molinari. Thoughts? Did I play Molinari? Now I can't remember if I did or not. I think I did. Not in my, like, main, main lineups, but... Yeah. I did use Molinari. 14% Molinari across my 22 lineups. That would be... Three Molinari lineups. Like him, don't love him. Sungjae and Stanley or Fitz and Adam Long? They're going to actually go Fitz and Adam Long. Pat, love the content and Fantasy National Golf Club. Why does the simulator always seem to love Munoz? Because Munoz is good. That's why. I mean, it worked. He hit his 80-1 to number when it ranked him, I think, number two in the simulator that week. And, I mean, he almost got me that Masters. But um, I don't know the specific reason why the simulator. I'm not the simulator. I don't know what it thinks. But... He just he plays a lot better than where he is constantly priced in terms of the betting market um, and in terms of his DraftKings price. Um, he has some bad weeks, for sure, because he's not a great player, but even his world ranking, like, it's good. He's a good player. Take both Reed and Hatton, screw the live bullet you're saving? Nah, I'm not going to do that. What's the best golf bet you ever hit? I think uh, people out there know what that answer is. It was almost going to be Nate Lashley three weeks ago, by the way which would have been amazing. But uh, Willett's number one, Martin Keimer at the Players in 2015 is number two. Who is the better heel, Ravishing Rick Rude or the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase? Anyone who can go into the ring looking as sexy as Ravishing Rick Rude and tell people to cut the music and call all the ladies out there a bunch of sweat hogs for just getting the, what are they called? The vi- not the vipers, the vapors looking at ravishing, ravishing recruit is the man that just having the, I mean, for someone like the late eighties, who's as cut as him versus all like the other wrestlers at the time, highly impressive for him. I don't know where these guys, like they're wrestling every day, I guess. Where do they t- get time? When you get sore lifting all that much, being in that good shape? I don't know. Super cut. And then having a picture of yourself on your trunks, 
high class move. I mean, if I could just wear a sweatshirt with my face on it all the time, I probably would. But I don't have the confidence of one ravishing Rick Rude. What percentage of your weekly betting bankroll do you usually use on live versus wins versus top 10s, 20s, and 40s? Oh, I don't fucking know. <laughs> you really think I have a game plan for this? I don't. If I see odds I like, I bet them. If I see odds I don't like, I don't bet them. It really depends on the week. Most of my money is tied up in the outright win market because golf betting is fun for me. It's entertainment for me. And when I win, I like to win a lot of money when I win. Um, basically, my top 10s and 20 bets are money back bets. If one top 20 hits, then I break even for the week. Is essentially how it works. Hey, Pat, love all of your work. I love you, Robert. Thank you for saying that. What are your thoughts on Adam Long? Everyone loves Adam Long here. Um, I kind of went over that. I don't love him. FN model keeps popping out. Will Gordon. Any love, Mayo? I ah, gave him. He was a last cut for my 6K range. Stricker at 6,400 to make the cut. Decent course history. The man's like 94 years old. But he did. He, he finished top five at waste management. I don't know. Those types of plays aren't for me. Five guys above 10K, smaller field. Do you play two, fade three? How do you approach it? That is exactly how I'm playing it. I'm playing two and I'm fading three. Snake Draft, how would you rank Spieth, Casey, Molinari, and Day? Spieth, Molinari, Casey, Day. What electronic song do you, wa- do you walk out to? Like in wrestling, or do, I, do you mean that you work out to? Because I think the main song, I can pull up my running playlist right now, which also doubles as my hit playlist, or if I'm just max lifting. But it is Devil's Den by Skrillex. It's a five-minute song that is very high in density with one little dip to have you be like, and it builds back up. It's like, and get you fucking fired up and you're ready to go. Gimmer Zach Johnson, Gim Reaper. Thoughts on Gooch for DK? Potentially as a one-and-done semi-punt. Wouldn't do the one-and-done, but I have used him on DK, so I'll go for it. HV3 to sneak in the top 10. Hope not, didn't play him. Do you feel that a primary cash build will be two 10K guys and one 6K guy? I mean, I don't play cash games, or do I care about cash games? Cowardly cash games? But yes, I think that's probably the way it's going to go this week. Any Kill a Keith exposure? Yes, I do. Let's see. Big Keith Mitchell. Keith Mitchell, 3 of 22 lineups for me, 14%. HV3, a good DFS play this week? Hope not. Can Bradley drive? Yes, Keegan Bradley can drive the ball. Tickle! <laughs> the like button, folks. I'm with... Mr. Grundy, you should do that. Anyone taking talking about Rose at $7,800 on DK this week? Thanks for not reading Pat Mayo's work. Brett Skinner, fuck you. Pat Mayo is. How about that? If I tap the like button, can I get the two best win players in the field? Smash it if you can give me three. I kind of did my little win rant earlier, but just for the basis, on Fantasy National, we have a windy AF filter and what windy af is and you can always look this stuff in the glossary people don't do that they just ask me instead instead of just clicking a button where you could immediately it's like when people ask me what an each way bet is like randomly during things when you can just google that and it will tell you this is another thing tim does he doesn't use google to find answers to things like very simple things where if you just even ask siri siri's his best friend but he won't pester siri with questions he just likes having chats with siri back and forth but uh over 17 miles per hour is windy af on fantasy national if you were wondering on that so let's click that on and the thing is we only have 89 weighted rounds of that so let's just look at the past 12 rounds in windy af 
and see who the best players are. Strokes gain total, your top three are Spieth, Harris English, and Rory Sabatini in 12 rounds. So I'm curious, let's just check out what those rounds actually are. For Jordan Spieth, those 12 rounds come from, that dates back to 2018 too, round one at Memorial last year, round four at Pebble Beach, round four at the BMW Championship, rounds four, three, two, and one at the 2019 Open Championship, Rounds one and two at the Charles Schwab in 2019. Round four at the PGA Championship in 2019. Rounds two and three at the Heritage in 2019. Round four at the Heritage or at the Genesis in 2019. And rounds two, three, and four at the Tournament of Champions in 2018. Are those twelve? Those are the twelve rounds that it's pulling from of his last twelve with rounds over seventeen miles per hour. So a brief explanation of how that works. But he is number one in strokes gain total. He is eighth strokes gain tee to green over that time. Harris English is number two. He is fourth in strokes gain tee to green over that time. And Sabatini is second tee to green, third in strokes gain total over those his past twelve rounds. Number one. Oh my God, Paul, you want to hear something funny? Hit me. Do you know who the number one player with wins over 17 miles per hour in their last 12 rounds is T to Green? I do not. Want to guess? Number one player, T to Green, wins over... But he is 26th in strokes gained total. Hmm. So he does something not well. Keegs? Keegan Bradley. I'm telling one. you, man. This is the week. What, what are his odds to win? 100 to 1. I just like him as a DraftKings play. Because he's 7K flat. Interesting. Cam Davis. Very good tee to green. Also. And Party Marty Laird uh, over those past 12 rounds. Leishman, Spieth, Grio, uh, Matsuyama is up there. All guys that have played, played well with this course in the past. Seb Straka, very sneakily, along with Alex Norin up there, too. Two guys that I have used in DraftKings last. I haven't really mentioned Norin all that much, but I did play him on DraftKings. I like him this week. Uh, so yeah, Bob, you can smash the like button now. Uh, question for Paul. I literally cannot wait for this week's UFC. How pumped are you? It's lit. It's Let's, lit? It's so you, amazing. You are excited. This you is a great fucking... I mean, three, ti- three title, uh, titles on the line. Like, Do you know what it doesn't is? get much better. Like, this is the card of the year until something else gets booked. But by a long shot, this is the card of the year. Everyone should be excited about it. Do you think that... Hopefully there aren't too many, like, COVID cancellations. We are in Vegas, so that, you know, you got to be ready for that. Do you think that Cody's recent cold streak coincides with my recent hot streak in golf, where usually I just have bad golf picks and lose, and Cody wins all the UFC bets? Do you think it is impossible for the two of us to be making good picks at the same time? Uh, It seems that way. It seems that way. I mean, he, he was actually not too bad. He just, for whatever reason, he got... Way too invested in Alexander Hernandez, who can't fight three rounds and is a bit of a gasser. So I didn't really understand why he got on that. But, like, all of his other picks were pretty decent. I had a profitable week last week because I just avoided Hernandez. I mean, you want to talk about a guy who gasses out early? I'm having chili tonight, Paul. (laughs) Fair. 
so yeah, the Dogger Pass podcast UFC bets for the giant UFC card uh, is going to be released tonight. Uh, video is going to be on Mayo Media Network, so please subscribe and go check out that show. Show some support for Paul and Cody, okay? And you can download the Dogger Pass podcast wherever you can download podcasts. Leave a rating and review, just like you do for the Pat Mayo Experience, just like you do for Daily Fantasy Sports Picks and Bets the Mix, the Cuss Corner solo feed. We have a lot of shows at Mayo Media Network now. We're trying to pump out content that can reach everyone, but it takes the support of everyone, even if you don't give a shit about that content, to at least you know click it, like it, download it, that kind of thing. You don't have to listen to it. We don't really care that much about it. We would prefer you do it, but if you can just show some support with the ratings and reviews, they take like 30 seconds, and that shit helps us out way more than you can know. Any left for Snedeker? Nah. Cam Davis or the Triangle Man? Cameron Tringali? I like Cam Davis. Any love for Nah? That was actually the first question of the chat, so you can rewind. What are your thoughts on life, Patrick? I think that's a wily burner. You ban him. Thoughts on utilizing Londo and Sep in lineups this week? I like, I said Londo. Lonto. I like Lonto a lot, actually. I like Lonto and Sep. I'm in. Michael R., I'm in with you. Why is Casey not getting a lot of love? He's getting a ton of love. Uh, do you think someone below him like Fleetwood, Molly, Usti, or Zalatoris have better win equity? I don't. I think that out of all of those guys, that probably Casey is the best play. Thoughts on first-round leader? Besides the first-round leaders that I listed in order of descending odds earlier? No, I have no other comments on those. Uh, oh, man, we've got a lot of questions this week. This is great. Paul. You have convinced me if I win my one lineup with Keegan that I should send you a cut. Let's go, Stewie. Stewie's always looking out for everyone. Yes, Stewie's sir. like the best fan anyone could have to everyone. 100%. Shout out, Stewie. You're our guy. Howdy. Any love for Hideki this week? Nope. Do you like Bryson as top American plus 650? The board is all European, and he basically is fighting with Reed, Spieth, and Will Z, and Matt Every, don't forget, two-time champion of this event. Ah, eh, no, I don't. Patrick, your point, a point about your earlier comment, a pool where you can take any five golfers no matter the odds. You still have to find a way to differentiate. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. Play in a real, play in a real league, pal. Grio, Connors, and List. Play DraftKings. How about that? Pick two. Grio, Connors, and List. Connors, and List. Just checking in to see what you think about Zalatoris, Burns, and Cam Davis. Burns, Cam Davis, Zalatoris. If you like them, I definitely want to fade them. And, you're, and if you're fading them, I definitely want to play them. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> Who is this guy? <laughs> no idea. You're a dick. I don't know anything. At least that's a funny one. I'm here for the funny one. That is ones. pretty funny. I, I appreciate uh, You're welcome. Yeah, he, he saves himself <laughs> at by Pat's being nice expense, to you. At Pat's expense, you're welcome, uh, Lakers Taylor. Jay Smooth, Bryson and Reed or Hovland and M? Bryson and Reed. How about a Luke, old friend Luke List? Uh, like I said, I like Luke List the next two weeks, not so much this week. Any prop bits available for Bryson driving number six? <laughs> You're going to have me on the show when I take down the 800K flop shot? No. I, I, don't, uh, I don't do those sorts of things where I just have random people on. I like to have good people on. How about that? Pat, you're the man. Who is the best long shot? Like, long, long shot? Straka, 200 to 1. Why does DraftKings always have better odds than beep? Because they're a good company, not a shitty company. That's why. Thoughts on Kokrak? Using Kokrak, not betting him, though. It's Bohog's week. <laughs> well, you better have a lot of money, pal. Awesome hoodie. Smash the like. And the folks, Disney World is open. See, I thought so. Kokrak, a good pick this week. That guy asked that question twice. If you ask the same question twice, you're banned for life. But it might be two different people asking it. It was two th- different people asking it. Never mind. Top Canadian. Hadwin versus Connors. Roger Sloan not playing? Uh, Connors. 
Did you speak about Will Z yet? Yeah, Will Z's fine. Hovland for Masters or Players, not this one. That's not a question, and you might be banned for life. Check back next week to see if you're banned for life. Will Gordon top 20? Question mark? Pass. Is Honda a good comp course? Not really. I mean, it's Florida. That helps, but... And if it plays difficult, I would say maybe, but this is just such a longer course than PGA National is. Is Will Zalatoris too expensive? No, I don't think so. I think he's pretty accurately priced. Maybe even underpriced in this field, actually. Fleetwood will win this week. <laughs> okay. How deep do you go into the one-and-done season before making weird picks to try to catch up? I at least like to get through the players, the next WGC, and the Masters, those three huge prize pools, and then see where I'm sitting, because there's plenty of time to come back. Do you hand-build your lineups or use the generator? Generator. I smash the like. Love tuning in every single week. Molinari versus Burns this week. I'll take Mr. Snrub, because I like the way he thinks. Sam Burns. Is it a good strategy to play Yahoo's one and done in weeks like this week and last week instead of trying to guess when they will play later in the season? I guess it depends. I mean, you might not even end up using some of the Euros. Like, who are we talking about here? Like, Hatton and Fitzpatrick? And Fleetwood, like those guys, are going to play in all the majors. They're going to play in other tournaments as well, all the WGCs. So, I mean, if you want to burn Hatton, I'm for it. If you want to burn Fitzpatrick, I'm for it. I think they're, you know, some of the favorites to win these tournaments. But uh, you can pretty much map out people's schedules. Would I be better off betting on Tony Finau or consuming a cuss dog? What, what was his... Did you see this? I think it was like A1 steak sauce. Cheese whiz. Cheese and whiz. And I mean, it sound like that wouldn't be my go-to, but it doesn't sound like most of the things Tim likes are absolutely egregious. This doesn't sound that bad. As someone pointed out, that is something that you would get on your hot dog at like 3 a.m. Drunk out of your mind coming yeah, you, home from a bar. You probably shake some uh, bacon bits on it as well. I mean, I, I would go bacon bits over the onions, but... That, yeah. That's me. I, I mean, like, it, it doesn't I, I, I like onions on my hot dog. The, the only thing is, like, that is a drunk decision people make, and that yeah. is Tim's preferred way to eat a hot dog. Yeah, like I just, which is telling you something. I'm all about just like keeping it simple. Really, it's just like mustard is a must, and that's. See, I, I don't like mustard, so I'm out on that. Okay. I would put sriracha or any sort of hot sauce, mm-hmm. bacon bits, hot peppers, and onions. Sounds legit. I think it's pretty easy. Any love for Malnati? Nah. Any love for Sneds? Nah. Have you gone over the weather yet? Yes. Yes, I have. Uh, at the beginning of the show. Every single week on the live chat, I do the bets, I do the weather, I do the DK ownership, then we get into the chat. Tim is afraid of Google. Would he rather use an encyclopedia? Of course he would. Of course he would. Uh, Johnny, uh? Or the Gim Reaper? I think for safety, huh, is the answer, but for upside purposes, the answer is the Gim Reaper. We're getting to the bottom here. Is it smart to fade Bryson, Rory, and Hovland? I hope so, because I did, and start with Reed and Hatton. Uh, it's, is it great leverage to have? If it works out, it's great. Anything that works out is great leverage, but uh, in this circumstance uh, where Rory and... Well, you can work... Like, if you're going to work one of them in, if you're just thinking strictly about leverage purposes... Bryson is a really good play because he and Reed will be the lowest owned of the 10K guys. Thoughts on Pult? Pass. Thoughts on Ricky? Pass. So much good content from Mayo Media, not enough time. Well, if you tell some friends, maybe they can consume time on it too. Wyndham Clark seems like a good DK play. I agree. Hammering Hideki if you're off of him. Okay, this guy's kind of a jerk. I'm going to ban him for life. Which guy? This guy. He's now banned for life. We never Us. have to reference him 
Lost track. Just kind of an asshole. Don't like you. Never come back to my chat and go fuck yourself. Kyle Stanley or Cam Lamborghini Percy? I like Cam Percy better. Oh, Doug Gilmore. Where can I get this hoodie? I don't know. DraftKings sent them to us. Uh, Maybe the DraftKings store? I don't know. I've used Kisner, Hadwin, Day, Sungjae, Berger, Bryson, Finau in a survivor pool, currently 21st out of 70th. Suggestions on who to take this week. I have no idea what a survivor pool is. Is that just to make the cut? And if so, why are you using guys like fucking Hadwin? I don't understand what this pool is. Please elaborate. Better. Best golfer, you, Jeff, or Cuss? Jeff is spelled wrong. Um, I played with Jeff. Jeff beat me the one time that we played together. Well, actually, no. We played together twice. We played at the DFS Open almost like a year ago now. Shout out, Drew. Shout out, Greg, our partners who ended up playing with us. Jeff was, like, on his phone the entire time, like, trying to find weed in Florida while the rest of us played golf. (laughs) Jeff was, like, stressed out about it. It was pretty funny. Um, But probably Jeff. Jeff just plays a lot. Um, Custom play cuss fucking bombs it off the tee i do not but like cuss cuss is a big dude and it's not like cuss is like five eight and rotund he's like six two six three and he uses his weight and his leverage behind it but i usually beat cuss when we play because cuss is like the tony finau of our games together cuss could be up six with two holes to go and he's going to lose the the pressure gets to him he starts missing one foot putts it's pretty funny and you can just see it on his face that he's exacerbated like he can't handle the pressure that comes along with it because i'm usually fairly consistent and i putt really well most of the time and chip really well kind of see me in that regard but driving wise cuss is by far the best jeff probably has the best all-around game uh denny question mark nah play or fade kazire fade jason day have any chance jason day always has a chance but his win equity is the same as his withdraw equity keegan sg was mostly due to the sanderson firms where he gained 6.95 gain total okay not or rookie neither Thoughts on Norn? Like him. Any interest in Willis? No. Do you know how deep the rough will be at Bay Hill this weekend? I don't, but generally speaking, Bay Hill has some of the longest rough on tour. What do you think the odds are that Bryson smashes one over the six? Isn't the six like a 600-yard par five? Am I misremembering that? I wonder what the, I, I haven't seen it. If there's chatter about him, like actually trying to go for it, if this is just a stupid fucking question, taking up my time. If I find out this is a stupid fucking question, you're getting banned for life, by the way. But if it's not, you know, I don't want to just cast aspersions here and maybe you're on to something. Uh, par five, 560 yards. I'm, I wonder what the distance between the two, because it's, I think it's the one with like the huge water, like the Pac-Man hole. Um, I, I wonder if he can actually go for it if the wind's at his back. I, I don't know what the distance is actually between if it's like 380? Yeah, it'd be something one of those long drive contests. Betting and DK aside, which player would you like to see win this week? I don't give a shit. <laughs> Honestly. Reed, how about that? Tringali or Cam Davis? Cam Davis. Happy birthday, Mayo. Are you going to donate to Gen in the $200 this week? I probably will, um, but you're banned for life because it's not my birthday. I don't know who these trolls are. I bet you they're coming from one certain place, if I had to guess. But the fun thing is, the reason I can afford to lose the money in the $200 every week, because the monetization I do for that show is more than $200. So it's just better content for me. So I'm actually still coming out ahead. Uh, I wish, yeah. If you're going to be a troll, use your real name. Don't be a coward. Oh, yeah. I mean, trolls are cowardly to begin with. Yeah. 
Especially when, yeah, when you're not revealing your actual name, nobody knows who you are. You don't have a photo, um, like a, a photo of yourself, or people don't know what you look like. Cowardly. Oh, for sure. And listen, if you want to come on and troll Pat, you got things to say to me, you can come on the show. That's fine. But you need to have your real name and video along with it. Open forum for you if you want to come on and talk shit to me. How about that? It's 380 from T to Green. Number six is 340 from T to Green. Well, which one is it, people? Now I know. Long drive champion hit the green in 2017. So if it's if it's 340 carry on six, he might go for it. If it's 380, I don't think he's going to be doing that. And long drive, I mean, did he use like a real club or did he use like one of those long driving drivers, which play like real players don't use? That'd be fun. I am a high school teacher. Last time you gave me an amazing, in-depth answer to a question I had. With your knowledge, analytical skills, and engaging personality, you should teach a game theory class. Yeah, but the problem is I don't understand the theory well enough. That's the issue. I actually did a seminar virtually uh, as a guest lector at NYU last year, speaking about a lot of this stuff about sports analytics and the predictability and stats across sports and how that translates to the gambling market. I actually had a lot of fun with that. If any university is out there and needs a guest lecture, I can do that for you virtually too. I have a decent setup. Can't use the same golfer survivor pool. Can't use the same golfer twice. Whoever has the most earnings at the end of the season wins. You get the same earnings as the golfer. So it's a one and done league. So you shouldn't be using like absolute jabronis. Use good players. What are you doing? Why are you using Adam Hadwin? What the fuck's wrong with you? Use Hatton or Fitz or Bryson or Reed or Rory or Hovland. One of those guys. <laughs> First round leader picks beginning of the show. Uh, at this point, how much do you think your show is affecting DK ownership? A lot less than other people think about it. Put it that way. Listening to Pat's voice is just so attractive when you just listen to Jeff's awkward segment on Odds Checker. Shout out to Jeff's show. Jeff's getting a lot better at those. It is a huge skill, uh, honestly, and takes an incredible amount of time to do shows by yourself. And usually it's Jeff and I going back and forth. You get to play off someone. You're not carrying it the entire time. Once you can get over, and I still haven't done it. I've been doing this for over 10 years now. But it's a skill set in and of itself. You can't be afraid of silence when it comes down to it. And that's honestly the biggest problem that a lot of people have when hosting shows by themselves. They are so conscious about dead air. When you're doing that, and that pause that I just took, in my mind, that feels like three minutes. It's not. It's a realistic human pause. If you're taking human lessons, they would teach you to take a pause when you actually stop talking from time to time. So once you become comfortable with that and stop doing the ums and the ahs too, too much, that's going to happen over time. You In a process, I've been speaking for an hour and 15 minutes now by myself with a little bit of playoff, Paul, obviously. Having the questions really helps too instead of just doing a basic rant. I've always respected the hell out of someone like Colin Cowherd or Jim Rome, just being able to carry these things. Having the experience of having done that and not being very good at it and trying to become better at this skill over time, uh, it's incredibly difficult. So don't shit on people who are trying to do it by themselves. You go try it and you know what? How about this? You want to shit on people about this stuff? Um, and see, I'm doing the um. Over time, how about you send me 15 straight minutes of you talking into a camera about anything, and I will air it. But you got to use your real name and your real face. And uh, give us a contact of where people can actually like tweet at you about it, too. And they can rate and review how good you are. Okay? Thanks. Kirk or List? Kirk, do you think course 
experience matters here. Discussion yesterday with Ben about Spieth's lack of experience. Probably being a benefit, as far as I can see, Cam Davis hasn't played Bay Hill either. I think it's always, I think it's probably always better to have experience at a course over not having experience at a course. But I, in the long term, I don't really think it matters all that much. Uh, custom driver was used. I have to. Do I have to play Danny Lee in one lineup? Glutton for punishment. Uh, Raza and I talked about that yesterday. Just he just randomly shows up. World Long Drive Champion, Justin James. I'll post the link if you like. If you post a link in my chat, I will ban you for life. How about that? I don't give a shit about the World Long Drive Champion. <laughs> not sure if you've decided yet or not, Pat, but read over Hatton all day. When's the last time someone successfully defended a PGA title? Paul Casey at the Valspar. Cam Davis or not? Nah, nah. When you bet outright golfer, is there an overall odd you try to get to a week? Example, betting four golfers at 40 to 1, the overall odds would be 10 to 1. Yes. Um, I usually try to make everything right around like four, five, six, seven times my money of what I've invested overall for the week is what my outrights will play. Like I said, the top 10s and the top 20s or potentially the each ways too on some of these longer shot guys will cover me for the week. And then everything just kind of hinges on the outright. So, um, you know, I, I throw down when it comes down to this stuff too. Um, but that's the way that I play it. I, that's probably not even smart to do, but that's the way that I like to play it. And I'm not losing my shirt, so it's fine. Uh, if I start losing my shirt, we might have to go uh, a little bit differently. Pat, you make Wednesdays awesome. Thank you, Wyatt. Last my, laugh my ass off. Keep up the great work and smash the like button, people. Would you rather bet Day or Speeth? I'd rather bet Speeth this week. Nah or someone else in that range? Basically everyone else in that range for me uh, looking at it right now. And that's nothing really against Kevin Nah. I just like the others a little bit better. Let's see here. We got. I like Burns better, English better, Leishman better, Kokrak better, Cam Davis better, Gooch better, Rose better, Griffin better, Tringali better, Charlie Hoffman better than Kevin Na this week. So I'm basically penciling Kevin Na for winning. Uh, with the way- hey, that's the end of the question. Smash the like on the way out sub to Mayo Media Network. And I think I've gotten oh, Davis Percy. Davis Percy or Na and Straka? Davis and Percy, since I'm using both those guys. Uh, I think I've been sold. Not by an overwhelming amount, but I will be betting Patrick Reed 21 to 1 to win the Arnold Palmer Invitational when I release my cheat sheet. Patrick Reed will be up there just above Matthew Fitzpatrick in terms of the betting odds. So you can almost guarantee that Tyrrell Hatton is going to repeat at this event this year. I just, I, I really couldn't come up with a compelling case for or against one of them in terms of deciding. At least on DraftKings, I can play them both together. But in the betting where I already am down on Fitzpatrick at 25, I will take Patrick Reed. That will be the top of my card. So you can check out the cheat sheet up on my Facebook page or on Twitter later on today once I round everything like that out. Thank you all for tuning in. Once again, if I, I got to everyone's questions, obviously, but if you tuned in late or you still have questions that are festering in your mind for later on in the day, dump them in the comment section after the live is over. I will be answering them all around 8 p.m. Eastern time this evening, Wednesday. So please share the show around, download the shows, do all that fun stuff too. Players Championship Odds. <clears throat> show is already out it's on daily fantasy sports picks and bets the mix you can download that and subscribe to the audio versions in the description of this video and podcast ditto for the one and done picks and preview for the week as well thank you all for watching good luck this week i'll see you next time
Vengeance!